Hello, my friends. Welcome. This is The Joe Martino Show. I'm so excited that you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. I want to talk to you today. Unless you've been living somewhere where you're not connected to the modern news cycle at all, you know that Kobe Bryant passed away this past Sunday. And the world grieved, and part of the world was angry that the other part of the world grieved. And I want to talk about that. What do we learn about ourselves when celebrities die? And how might we examine what we're doing with our own lives and how we might measure them? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, my friends. Let's just kick it off. Let's start right now. Kobe Bryant died this week, uh, along with, I believe, eight other people in a helicopter that was flying in California. Uh, and the response has been something very interesting to me to watch. I want to get to some other things, but I do want to talk about what do we do with grief? What do we do with grief about celebrities? It's very interesting for me. That's my phone ringing, so we're just going to mute that for a minute. And I'm going to do the little click, and we'll just keep on going. So now you know what my ringtone is. It's Humble and Kind by Tim McGraw. All right, so back to this. I'm always interested to watch how we as uh, a community, and, and by community there I probably actually mean nation, how we react to things that are on a grand scale. How do we react to the things that cause us grief, that we grieve uh, complicated things. We like things simple. I love simple things. My wife teases me that I am a simple guy. Uh, I like plain bagels toasted with plain cream cheese. Occasionally, I will live wild and crazy, and I'll get an everything bagel uh, toasted with plain cream cheese, but that's it. I like blueberries, and I like coffee, but I don't like blueberry coffee. I like simple things, and I like the world to be simple. So that's not a judgment statement that we like simple things, but a lot of what we face isn't simple. Maybe that's why we crave simple, because a lot of what we face isn't simple. And our relationship with heroes, especially sports star heroes, is complicated. Um, I am a, a advocate of training your kids to not have sports heroes. Uh, or at least to have them like as second tier heroes. Because the idea that someone should be our hero because they can put a ball through a hoop or throw a baseball, which I love baseball. We're so close to uh, opening day pitchers and catchers reporting. Seems silly to me. But but it seems silly to me to, to elevate someone to hero status because they can play a sport. And yet perhaps two of the most powerful words in the English language. And yet, when I got the news, I was with my daughter. My oldest daughter's taking her driver's test, actually later today. And I uh, was, was practicing with her. We were on Route 21, which is a main route here in Lowell. We were headed out to uh, Ada, and my wife sent me a text. Don't worry, I'm not driving. My daughter is. I'm in the passenger seat that said, hey, did you hear Kobe Bryant died? And at first, I thought it was a hoax. I was like, ah, oh, it's probably one of those stupid hoaxes that people do where they, you know, rest in peace so-and-so that didn't actually die and they make fake news just to see if it goes viral. 
And I searched it, and even then I first searched it, because the first people to report it was TMZ, which they're usually on, but I was like, eh, it's TMZ. And then all of a sudden, my phone was just like blew up. And it was like a kick in my gut. Now, full disclosure, I've always liked Kobe. He's a PA kid. It's funny how many different people claim him. Of course, he was from Italy, but his high school, he played in PA. I remember when he went to the Lakers, my roommate at the time, uh, he and I uh, in college, we talked about it and we, uh, he had a poster of him. And so I've always kind of liked him. I liked the Lakers back, you know, when they had uh, Magic and they used to whoop up on Bird and the Celtics. Um, probably had uh, some of my identity in sports at that time. Uh, those of you who knew me then probably are laughing at the understatement of that. And, and I did. I Googled him. It was like he was 41 years old. I was like, man, that's so young. His daughter was with him. And it was just a kick in the gut. Like, I mean, I felt so emotional. And I grieved it. And certainly most of the world seems to be grieving it. I was just watching SportsCenter on Snapchat this morning. And they were talking about all the different people that are grieving it. And then there's the people who are like, well, you shouldn't grieve it. While it's a tragedy for his daughter, he was a rapist. Or you shouldn't grieve it because it's just a stupid basketball player. Which is always funny to me how people are telling me not to be judgmental, right? Or telling us to not be judgmental, but then they can call someone a stupid basketball player. Which seems pretty judgmental. And so I actually want to talk about both of those. We have hard decisions to make in our society about complicated issues. Yes, Kobe was accused of rape. Yes, especially in the Me Too movement, we have a lot of people who say we should automatically believe everyone who brings forward uh, an accusation. We should assume that it's true. In fact, if we don't, the social justice nature of it causes a lot of people to be like, well, you don't care about people. And I know that this is a... A delicate subject. This is a difficult subject to unravel. But we really do have to wrestle with it. Do we really want a society where an accusation carries guilt? Uh, I saw an interesting article that said we need to talk about... The title of the article was written by a black woman. Uh, before you chastise me and send me email messages that I should call her African-American, she literally says in her bio, or writes in her bio... She doesn't want to be called an African-American woman. She's from America, and she's black, and she wants to be called a black woman. So I'm going to honor her request and call her a black woman. And the title of her article is, or, or the article that I read from her was, We Need to Talk About How We, About Forgiveness and Black Men. And I'm actually going to step back from that and actually say, we need to actually talk about forgiveness, period. I don't know if Kobe raped that girl. I do know that I have met people who were making up the story. And it came out that they were making up the story. They were accusing someone of raping them, and they were lying. And whenever I talk to people about this, like, well, that's only 5% or 6% or 2%. I've heard all sorts of numbers, as high as 12%, as low as 2%. Okay, whatever the number is, that means that there are people like that that exist. And we have to entertain the idea that the young lady who accused Kobe could be in that percentage. Now, she might not be. I'm not a cop. I'm not an investigator. I'm not clairvoyant. I don't know what happened. I know he was accused. I know the charges were dropped. 
And I believe, and I've tried to run this down today. I, I, to be honest with you, I just don't have the time to, to run it down for certain. But I believe it was actually her lawyer. I saw a report on ESPN that it was her lawyer that reached out to Kobe's camp and offered to settle for cash. That in itself doesn't mean that she that he's innocent, though, because a lot of victims, I think, if, if they were given the choice between, hey, here's some cash which won't take your pain away, but it could, you know, elevate your lifestyle it could could change things in your life or you can go through a terrible court process would probably choose the money i don't know what happened but i do know i'm not willing to say he was a rapist i'm really not willing to say he wasn't because i don't know anything about him but i know that he touched our lives because of what he did and so the fact that he was accused never convicted i have to give that some weight yes i know that 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 guilty people go free I know it. I know that innocent people also get convicted. And I know in our society, we don't have a lot of room for forgiveness and grace. I also know that rapists typically rape more than once and no one else ever came out and accused him. And and so there is that part that we have to wrestle with. What is Kobe's legacy as far as how he impacted the world? Because he is part of, one of the problems is, is we, I think one of our problems is, is we want fair. And fair is a place where you pay people to pet pigs. What is his legacy? Because he was in rarefied air where for 20 years he played in front of thousands of people. He made a ton of money for putting a ball through a hoop and stopping other people from putting the ball through the hoop. And then he took that money and leveraged it into an empire. And when I look at all of his life, he advocated for women's rights. Now, a friend of mine who's very cynical, self-described as very cynical, said, well, that's because he felt bad because of the rape. But my problem with that is, is, is if you look, he did a lot of things like that before the accusation. I don't know what happened. That's not the purpose of this episode. I do want to bring to our awareness the idea that people are complicated. You know, uh, people do bad things. People do good things. We want like bad people to be totally bad and good people to be totally good and good people don't ever do bad things and bad people don't ever do good things. That isn't how life works. I don't know what happened with Kobe. I don't know. Like, to me, okay, rape is bad, and that's one level of bad. But even if, like, the story is true the way he said it, he's married, he's got kids, he got a hooker. That's kind of bad, too, right? I mean, uh, certainly not at the level of rape, but that's kind of bad, too. And then, as we wrestle with that, then we have the people who are like, well, you shouldn't mourn him because he's a celebrity. You didn't even know him. You didn't touch him. Uh that to me is one of the most interesting things. Uh, my daughter and I went to see Hamilton Friday night uh, last week. And as I was searching through the cast, I actually followed a couple cast members. And one of them put up this post on Instagram, which I then reposted. Uh, Joseph Morales uh, is the original poster of this, but it looks like Bernice King is the actual original poster of it. Um, before him, he reposted hers. Mourning a, quote, celebrity, quote, does not equal lack of, quote, consciousness, end quote. And sometimes the death of someone we feel like we knew but we never actually touched triggers pain about the death of people we knew well. We are on a brief pilgrimage here, reconciling life and death. Love well. In other words, you're not woke because you can scoff at people for mourning a celebrity. Because the thing of it is, is sports and entertainment 
uh, they give us the context for how we process hard things of life. There are a lot of people who go to work today thinking if, if so-and-so athlete can put in the work to do whatever, I can put in the work today. And some of you are like, well, that's dumb. Okay, you don't have to be that person, but I'm not sure we want to be in a place where we're, we're judging the person who is there. It's okay to mourn celebrities because part of it is, is we're touched by death. One of my friends, I, that picture showed up on my Facebook as well, and, and one of my friends actually wrote to me, the other thing is it reminds us of our own death. When, when somebody that's a celebrity dies, we're reminded of our own death. We're reminded that death is coming for all of us. This is something that as I age, I am more and more and more acutely aware of. I don't know that tomorrow's coming, so I hug my kids. I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm old and I can't sleep all the time. And I roll over and there's my son and I snuggle him. Or I snuggle my wife or my kids are like, hey, can I have a hug? Absolutely. My daughter, my youngest daughter has a boyfriend. And you can be like, well, I don't believe in boyfriends. But to me, that's like saying, well, I don't believe in taxes. And so now now he's not actually her boyfriend. His parents won't let him date. And so he does. But they talk all the time. They're, they're engaged all engaged to each other, you know, talking all the time. And I have a nickname for him that I threatened her that I was going to call him. I said, or you can just give me hugs. And so I get hugs from her for that. Now, I haven't really done that. Well, yeah, I have a little bit. Uh, It's more of a joke between her and I. But I soak up those moments because it hit me about six months ago. Almost all of my snuggle phases with my kids is almost over. All of my kids are aging. They're in their teens. I'm grieving that. And when Kobe died, it was a reminder to us about how brief life is. It's been 20 years, 18 years. It's been 18 years since I've talked to my mom. 18 years. Like that, gone. No phone calls, no text messages, no emails, no Facebook posts, no happy birthdays, no Merry Christmases, no Happy New Years, no just, hey, how's your day going? My dad is aging. We talk pretty regularly. I call him, he calls me. We Marco Polo. And I know someday soon, that's going to be over. But what I don't know is who's going to die. Now, we would say, well, probably your dad. That's probably true. But it could be me. Kobe's dad, who I just looked up on Wikipedia and shares my first name. I guarantee you, if you had talked to him Saturday, you and he were close friends, he would assume that he was going to die before Kobe. And then Sunday, everything changed. One of the things that celebrity deaths does is it drives home this point. Life is incredibly fragile. It is short. You only go around this sun so many times. And we're all fighting to try to figure it out. We're all fighting to try to find love and give love. And we're all trying to figure out meaning. And when an athlete dies, when a superstar dies, when a Robin Williams dies, which certainly different circumstances there, it brings to the surface, I think, all of our fears because part of the thing that, that we encapsulate with our heroes, part of the things that we have to wrestle with is we make our heroes into super people. In fact, I think Kobe's, like one of his monikers was Superman. And Superman isn't supposed to die. That, that's the whole point of it, even when he died in the comic books, which if you're not a comic book person, you know, you're probably like, I probably just lost you. But When someone that we think isn't supposed to die does die, it creates grief in us. And here's the thing 
that I am bothered by when it comes to how we respond to celebrities dying. We're back to, to the episode that I talked about last week, where if you don't know, if you're not listening to this in order, episode 86, we, we try to control people. We tell them what they should feel, how they should feel it, and why it's wrong that they're grieving a guy. But it's really none of your business. It just isn't. A, a friend of mine has changed her profile picture like six times to different pictures of Kobe, and somebody wrote, you know, hey, maybe you should stop. Another friend of mine ran into him uh, at a coffee shop yesterday. We were talking, and he, and he talked about how his brother got mad at him because he was grieving it. And, and I didn't say this to him at the coffee shop because it's not my place, but why is it your brother's business? Grieve. But don't just grieve. We're like, oh, that's sad. Use the grief to examine your own life. Use the grief to examine your own use of the time you have here on earth. If you die today, what are you leaving behind? What are you doing with the time you have? Are you loving well? Are you reconciling? I saw yesterday, I don't remember where I saw it. It was kind of a busy day, but I was flipping through something. And I saw that one NBA basketball player, evidently there was some rift that I don't know anything about. But he was so... Uh, moved by Kobe's death that he actually wrote another NBA player that they used to be friends or something. Now they had this beef and he asked them to forgive him. He used his grief to move him to do something meaningful. Hey, will you forgive me? Can we repair this relationship? Can we uh, reconcile and move forward? If you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I'm a big fan of what we call the six rules of communication. And the third rule, it's the acronym BAD FIT. Uh, the third rule is, does it have to be a problem? And I often have people ask me, well, what does that mean? And I often say, well, apply the 555 rule. If in five days, five weeks, five years, you're standing over that person's grave, does whatever you're talking about or about to fight about or about to argue about, does it matter when you're standing over their grave? If it doesn't matter there, it doesn't matter now. That's a really good rule. And people get a little frustrated with me because like, well, then a lot of things wouldn't matter. And I often say, yeah, that's probably true. We have to come back to the place in life where we can agree uh, to disagree in an agreeable way. Where you voting for Trump and your friend voting for Bernie doesn't mean that you have to hate each other. Where you can be pro-marijuana legalization and your friend can be anti-marijuana legalization. And it's okay. You embrace the differences. Really, truly embrace the differences. Where, where you can be like, I believe this and your friend believes that. You can be conservative. Your friend can be liberal. You can be liberal and your friend can be conservative. And we realize that you can fight about that if you want, but you're going to die. One of the things I used to do in my marriage conferences... All the time as I would tell people, take a deep breath. So I want to ask you right now, wherever you're sitting, if you're in your car, if you're cleaning your house, uh, if you're cooking, whatever you're doing, if you're running on a treadmill, it might be a little bit harder if you're running on a treadmill. But whatever it is you're doing, one of, my, one of the people told me that they actually listen to podcasts while they lift weights. If you're lifting weights, I want you to just stop the set that you're on and take a deep breath on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Deep breath. <gasps> I uh, shouldn't have taken quite that deep of a breath. Let's do it again. Deep breath. Ready? One, two, three. Inhale. 
Hold. Exhale. Congratulations. You're now two breaths closer to death. It's coming for all of us, my friends. We're all going to die. Everybody. And you don't get to choose the when. Uh, YOLO. You only live once. There's a Snoopy's cartoon. I believe it's Snoopy's. Peanuts cartoon, excuse me. Where... I think Charlie Brown says that to Snoopy, and Snoopy says back, wrong, we only die once, we live every day, and we get to choose how we spend that living. So if you're grieving Kobe's death, if your kids are grieving Kobe's death, and you don't quite understand it, if your husband's grieving Kobe's death, and you don't understand it, if your wife's breathing, grieving Kobe's death, and you don't quite understand it, that's okay. You don't have to understand why somebody else is if you're not. You just have to be empathetic. That's what makes humanity so powerful is we can sit in someone else's grief even if we don't understand it. But I do want to throw this out there. Don't just grieve his death. Ask yourself, what am I going to do with my life? What is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that will leave meaning behind? What are the meaningful things you're doing? My family supports kids from Compassion International because we're passionate about helping people transition from poverty to to something better. And I can't help everybody, but everyone that I can help, I want to help. So we're passionate about that. We write them letters. We support them. One of my proudest moments as a father was when my daughter of her own free will said to me, dad, I want to sponsor a kid. One of the reasons we're in the business we're in. Honestly, this podcast does not make me any money. The reason we I do this podcast is because I want to leave behind a life that helped other people interact better, that helped increase love in the world. I want to change the world, and I want you to do what you're passionate about because that too will change the world. Now, that doesn't mean that you should go quit your job and, and, and become bankrupt chasing your dream. Keep working. Work through the hard. One of the things that, that, no matter what you think about Kobe, his work ethic, everybody who knew him, his work ethic was unrivaled. It was unchallenged. Uh, Somebody put up something on Facebook. Somebody local put something up on Facebook when he died about how, well, he, he wasn't the nicest guy. I know somebody that played against him and didn't like him. Well, okay, that's you're not actually on the court to make friends. You're on the court to win. And his work ethic to get there was unrivaled. It it just, nobody touched it. I'll never play basketball. In fact, I'll never play a professional sport. Uh, Never, never good enough. Uh, I got to play a lot of sports in high school, probably because I went to a very small school. If the school had been much bigger, I probably would have got cut as often as I made it, probably more than I made a team. But I can still decide what work ethic I bring to work. I still decide whether or not I sit down in this office and set up the system and make the recording if this is a viable venue. What are you doing? How hard are you working? My wife and I, you're going to probably judge me a little bit for this, but we tend to laugh at people who say to us, well, we want you know, what you have. We want uh, the, the business side that you have. Okay, that's fine. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. And we've taken self-care and made it into something it isn't. That's another day. But it's just, I I have a lot of problems with the modern day definition of self-care. Well, Joe, you're way off from Kobe now. Yeah, I probably am. And and I don't mean to be because this is about grieving. But grieving, sit in it, feel it, live with it, and then transition and move 
to make sure that you're doing something with your life so that if you're in uh, a crash or your life is suddenly taken. I was reading um, about a young man who died on a cruise ship, 31 years old, worked a shift, went to the, the cruise quarters, laid down to take a nap, and never woke up. Had a heart attack. Something wrong with his heart that they didn't know. Here's a guy that wanted to be a chef. He was uh, exercising regularly, ate pretty healthy, and he had a heart attack at 31. We don't know when our last day is coming. I promise you, when Kobe Bryant woke up Sunday morning, when the other eight people in that morning woke up with him, you know, the pilot, I've read about the pilot, how he was a consummate professional, how he was amazing, how nothing rattled him. None of them thought, well, that's the last sunrise I'll ever see. Now, I want to ask a very morbid and serious question. If this sunrise that you saw the morning that you're listening to this was the last sunrise that you'll ever see, are you happy with what you've done with your life? Could you say, I gave it all. I left it all behind. I wronged the right, I righted the wrongs that I made. I reconciled with everyone who would reconcile me. There was, there was a writer who lived in ancient times who wrote, as much as is possible, live at peace with all men. He meant women too. They just didn't say that back then. Have you lived to make your little circle of the world better by reconciling, by loving well, by wrestling with the fact that the days are short, but the years are oh so fast and life goes by? What are you doing with it? And, you know, I talk to people, I've talked to people in their 60s who are like, I wasted my life. Okay, well, then what are you doing with whatever's left? You don't tell your whole story with the past. You still have a story to tell. If you're still breathing, and I'm going to assume if you're listening to this that you are, you still have time to tell a different story. You still have time to tell a story, and you get to pick part of the legacy you leave behind. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be cheered for? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to know, even if no one else remembers it, even if no one else cheers it, what do you want to know that you left behind? One of my favorite things to do is to just pay for somebody's meal at a restaurant. Just randomly pick somebody and ask the server, hey, can I get that check? Don't tell them. I don't know them. I don't want to them to know. I just want to pay. And I move on. I don't ever know what their reaction is. Uh, I don't ever know I, I don't know. Sometimes I worry, like, I wonder if the server just took my money and then <laughs> took them the check. Uh, I don't ever know. I love doing it, and I don't care if nobody, I don't care if, if there's no one that knows. I don't. Well, Joe, you just told all of us. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, not because I want you to think, oh, Joe, but I want you to think about these are different ways that you can engage your world. And just move on. Just be like, hey, we'll see you later. So Kobe Bryant, one of the things I didn't know is Kobe and his dad were, were uh, estranged and they were just starting to reconcile. I didn't know that. They thought they had more time that they didn't have. Who are you reconciling with? Who do you need to reconcile with? Now look, that doesn't mean you need to hang out with somebody that's toxic. But are you offering an invitation to a deeper relationship while holding boundaries? Hopefully you are. If you're not, I'd encourage you to do it. Thanks so much for listening. I know you could do anything with your time. If you find value uh, in this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you would share it on your social media. 
Uh, that is the best advertising I get. Like I said, this is a labor of love. I don't get paid to do this. Um, I actually give up pay because I usually move clients to get this done. Uh, and, and we've invested in equipment as we've gone. So I'd really appreciate it if you could share this with your friends. We want to get the word out to as many people as we can. This is about me hoping to help other people improve their lives. That's what this is about. Uh, it's a labor of love. It's a passion of mine. And I'm not going to lie. There are days I'm like, you know, I should just shut it down because then I could do other things like work on my next book. All right. So thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.